love him. I praise the name above every name. The beautiful and wonderful and glorious name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, holy God. Thank you, mighty King. Thank you, dear God, my holy Father. Wonderful Savior. Wonderful Savior. We have a Bible tonight. Don't plan to keep it too long. I know it's Mother's Day. And the day is slipping by, isn't it? I'm going to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. First Timothy chapter 4, and I would like to turn your attention in chapter 4 to verse 12. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Everybody said praise the Lord. I want to particularly work in verse 12. I want to very simply work on be thou an example of a believer. Be seated. The Lord bless you. There are, of course, examples in the Bible of different things. uh, But what I would like for you to bear in mind with me tonight is that not all examples, not all examples, are good examples. And uh, the, the writer here in the Holy Ghost was very specific. He didn't say, just say, be an example, but he said, be an example of a believer. And um, it is very important for you and I to realize that, as I taught this morning, the world is pretty much divided into two things as far as God is concerned. And that is, there's believers and there's unbelievers. And uh, I know the Lord wants everybody to be a believer. And uh, His church wants everybody to be a believer. There are things that He said that sometimes people didn't believe. And it was not a good result because of their not believing. By the opposite side of things, there were times when the Lord said things and people believed, and the results were good. People were happy. He came, how many, I mean, things that I could begin to pick out, but for an example, he's coming through the midst of the crowd in the course of a day, and for him, the course of a day was a very uh, typical day for him. And he's doing good. Uh, He's around people. He's letting the light shine. He's giving encouragement. And while he's healing one or encouraging another, here comes an individual and says, I've got 
I've got a sick daughter at home, and I need you to, if you would, to come and take care of this for me. And so the Lord told him that he would come, and uh, the bottom line, when he, when he got there, they uh, had all, actually they had tried to stop him, and they told him that, and told the man, the father said, don't bother, he's dead. And so as they were right outside the room, and there was no doubt a group of people from what we read that were inside the room with this girl that they were claiming was dead. And according to their natural knowledge, that was the case. But they, you know, God said in one place at least, he said, my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. And as the heavens are above the earth, so my way is above your ways. God sees things differently. He sees things differently from us. <laughs> you know, we we don't we have to admit we don't see things right. We we have a way of looking at things and it's all messed up. But God, God sees things correctly. And when he walked in and then he told them, he said, She's not dead. She's just sleeping. And they were so astonished, and that is a Bible word. They were so astonished that they actually uh, reacted, I, I would like to say in a nervous way, but I think it was more than that. I think that they, they were just uh, a bunch of know-it-alls. And they had it figured out in their mind, she's dead. And, you know, maybe one said there's no pulse here or here, and, uh, you know, they witnessed what they saw, and they just, she's dead. And according to their knowledge, and oh, how our knowledge is limited. And so, of course, the Lord, they standing there now, and I want you to think about how they acted and who it was that they were standing in front of, who it was they were talking to as they begin to laugh him to scorn. They mocked him. They were making fun of him. They were, they were treating him like he was literally an imbecile and out of his mind. And he put them all out, the book said. He shoot them out of the situation. And he just kept some people that were believers, people that were following him, trusting in him, believing what he was doing. And so, as you know, he spoke the word over this little girl, and lifted her up off of the so-called deathbed and presented her alive to her family and to those that were there present. And uh, he was an example to them and to his apostles of how things could be done. I, I have to tell you that uh, to believe in him and to believe in his word and to believe in his way is, is definitely the way to do it. And you may not see and many times, I'll agree with you, we do not see. There are so many things that uh, we, we're not able to focus in. We're not able to uh, grasp it. And we have to keep in mind his word is what's going to help us here now. As a young person, at a young age, you, you probably, I certainly didn't. What good is algebra going to do me, you know? I, I couldn't figure that out, and I, I liked algebra. I had a very good teacher, and I, I enjoyed algebra. Uh, it didn't start out that way, though. It started out I was failing, and I wasn't doing well at all. 
and I didn't I didn't even want to go to class. And and uh you know, but something good happened and uh teacher took an interest in me and and helped me and and I caught on and it was all good after that. And uh what I'm saying is is that there are times in your life when you're you're not going to see it. And you're and you're going to feel like what good is this? There are people that are in construction, for an example, that they use algebra almost every day. And it just depends on what your field of life is. But you would be surprised. You might want to. A man told me not too long ago that he was going to his house to. He ran, he ran a restaurant. He owned a restaurant. But he said he was going home on this particular day, and he said, I'm going to build a deck. Well, you know, that's going to take some math to build a deck. It's going to take some, some figuring to do that unless you just want to spend a lot of money and waste it and do it all crazy, you know. And uh, and we've all tried to build things probably at one time or another that look pretty crazy. But uh, it's, you know what they say, when all else fails, read the instructions. And uh, so we've got to go back to the book here at church family. We've got to come back, young people, to the book. You've got to come back and look at, uh, at what it tells a young man to do what it tells a young woman to do and how to accomplish certain things in your life. And, of course, at a younger age, um, it's, it's more uh, readily acceptable and believable when you don't understand because you have little to no experience. And as we get older, then there's a little bit more expected of us. Well, when you're in the church, when you're baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and when you first come in, you are taught that you're a, a babe, a newborn babe. Uh, and, and, and so you're, you're going to have the milk of the Word. You're going to have the basics, the beginnings of the Word. And it's going to teach you some things if you'll pay attention to it and you'll listen to the pastor and to the leadership. You're going to uh, begin to, what the Bible said, grow in grace and in knowledge. And I'll tell you, sometimes... We don't notice growth either. If you're with somebody most every day, you're not going to notice the growth like somebody who hasn't been around that person for a month or so. And then they'll look, wow, how you grown, you know. And uh, so, again, there are things that sometimes we're close to things, and so we don't quite grasp. Maybe we're a little too close, and we're just not seeing it properly. But I'm trying to tell you that, that if you'll stick with the book and if you'll listen to the teachers and be obedient, then you're going to find out that God's way is, is the best way and he's looking, he's got your back and he's looking down the road. He's already seen the beginning to the end because he is the beginning and the end. And uh, he does love you and he does want what you feel like is success. He wants that in your life. But you're going to have to remember something. He has a, pa- a plan. He's got a plan. And you've got, to have, you've got to believe in his plan. And you, as you go about this lifestyle, then he's telling you to be thou an example. Okay? And he's telling you even the, the, uh, the categories of the example. Be an example, number one, of the believer. Somebody who's believing what God is doing. Somebody who has faith in what God is doing. Not only for everybody else, but for what? For me. 
Okay? All right. Try to get a little French in there. All right. That's about all I got, too. <laughs> Be an example of the believers in word. In word. Now, this is not only your verbal word, but don't forget the word of God. Okay? And then... You want, and it is important to be an example in your verbal words, in how you speak, how you talk, the words you use. All of those things are very important. Then he said, in conversation. Now that would you would think that would be this, but it's not. It's your style of living. It's your lifestyle. It's your lifestyle. Uh, we are not. Revelation picks and roll here. We are not. We are not punk rockers. And we are, we are not, you know, hell's angels, thank God, and uh, many other such-like things we could name. We're not those things. We're not those things. We're not ball players. Uh, we're not Hollywood actors or actresses, or well, I think they just call them actors now. We're not that. We're not, we're not um, involved with Nashville and their type of, of music. We're, we're not involved with the fashions coming out of Paris and New York uh, to the extent that the world is. We're not involved with that. Uh, that that's not us. Uh, if we're a model, we're a model for the Lord. And I don't want you to be a model for the world because that most of the time they're modeling little to no clothing. And it's usually skin tight and indecent clothing at that. And uh, very often sheer clothing. And uh, I showed some of our young men some of the recent uh, pictures out of a, a Macy's catalog. Uh, trying, they're trying to sell and promote their, their next line for the spring summer. And uh, I showed it to the young men because it was so unmanly, the type of things that these young men models had on. Matter of fact, we were in uh, Macy's the other day, and I, maybe the other week, but uh, it was just a very short run in and run out. But while we were in there, uh, we passed through um, the section where they have for the young men. And uh, I said, quick, get your, get your phone and take a picture of that for me. And another one, take a picture of that one for me. Because I'm telling you, it was the boys' department and the models. Now I'm telling you the truth. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not trying. It was that way. And I was like, this is terrible. But I'm telling you, this is, this is, that's their example. That's their example of fashion. That's their example of cool. That's their example of what's in. And I've told you before, uh, there are certain things that send a message that, that it's not the right message. We want to send a message of a believer. We want to send a message of modesty. We want to send a message of holiness. We want to send a message of godliness. We want to be sending the right signals and the right message, okay? So guys, don't wear pink. Sends the wrong message. Okay, I know it's funny. Haha, <laughs> it is, but it's not either. It's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, there's there more and more the uh, attitude and the spirit that is working in this world. I am telling you, they are they are promoting this and pushing this, and the, the devil has a plan, and and we don't want the devil's plan. We had his plan one time. And his plan stinks. We don't want anything to do with his plan. But the world is going to follow his plan. He's going to gather Gog and Magog from the four corners of the earth, friend. He's going he's to lead a war party against Jesus Christ. 
bad idea, very bad idea. And the book said he's going to be broken without hands and suddenly, and there will be no remedy. Do you hear me tell you that? I'm telling you, you're on the right side. You're on the believing side. You're on the Lord's side. And you want to be a part of his plan. You don't want to lose faith in his plan. All right? Don't lose faith in that plan. Don't lose confidence in that plan. So not all examples are good. The Bible in the book of Corinthians made it clear, and he listed out some things, and he told how many people died, and he said these things are an example that, in other words, a warning, an admonition to, to, for us to sit up and take notice what it means to be an unbeliever in God's house or in God's church, that, that a person would begin to lose faith and lose confidence in the things of, of God and God's plan. You need to trust that, that God has your best interest at heart, that God cares about you, that God loves you, and that God's got a very good plan for you, and he's got a future mapped out for you. But you've got to cooperate. You've got to work with God. You've got to show yourself to be an example here. Everywhere you go, to everyone. Amen. Your wife said something to me. I can't remember what she said. That's a terrible thing, I know. Um, that's when I'm happier. I'm only listening with half. But uh, anyway, whatever she said, I said, I said, well, you know I will. And she said, no, you won't. And I said, yes, I will. I will do that. And um, I will do that because I said it's the right thing to do. I want to do the right thing. I want to do right by you, you know. And so, you know, we have to... <laughs> You have to come to a place, church family uh, and young people, where you do right by your parents, where you do right by your teachers, where you do right by your employers, should you be employed. And, and uh, you, want to, you want to do right, uh, and, and right, we derive that from the Scripture. What's right, we derive it from the Scripture. We want it, see it from God's point of view. We want to do things the way God says to do things. Now, just think for a minute, if you had been Moses, and that you had uh, came out and you saw uh, an Egyptian and an Israelite fighting. And you stepped between those two and separated them, even to the point that you smote or punched the Egyptian and killed him. And so, dig a little hole in the ground and bury him. You know, that's what Moses did. And then it was another day Moses came out. And he sees two Israelites at one another. And he steps up and he says, what are you doing, your brother? Why are you fighting? And one of them looks at him and says, why? You're going to kill me like you did the Egyptian the other day? <laughs> and Moses says, whoop, the jig is up. I've been discovered. I'm outed. And so I'm out of here. And so he exited stage uh, east, which would be right, which would be east. <laughs> and he headed out into the desert. And he spent 40 years there, 40 years learning his lesson. I don't know about you, but uh, 40 years is probably half, more than half our lives right now. You know, so you don't want to, you don't want it to take 40 years to to finally get it. I got it, God. We don't want it to be that long. We we want to be quick learners here. Okay, we want to be quick learners. And so, uh, when Moses 
now is visited by God in the burning bush, and he's he's told, given instructions, uh, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. It's so important to reverence the things of God. Be an example of somebody who reverences the things of God. Prayer meetings are important. Services are important. Worship is important. There are, giving is important. Everything connected with God is important. How you play the music, how you sing the song, how you play the drum, you know. You know, we just, uh, you know, that's a no-go. Um, I, I've told you before, uh, you know, these guys would, would, you can hardly sometimes get them out of the bed, you know. And, uh, but if you say Bush Gardens, they don't even go to sleep. They just stay up all night, all night, and they're ready to go until they get in the vehicle, and then they crash until we get there. But, uh, you know, they're just so charged and so excited. So we want to be an example of somebody that's excited. We want to be an example. It's, it's great that it's church time. It's great that it's time to gather together. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Be an example of the believers. People are watching when you don't think they're watching. You know, and if you're the, they have an airplane, it's called a tail dragger because it has two wheels and landing gear in the front and it has a third one at the tail at the very back and it sits. And then if you get going, you have to push the elevator forward and it levels up and then you take off. But it's called a tail dragger. But you're not an airplane. So don't be a tail dragger. Oh, man. Hey. What did we say, Bush? Ah, let's go, man! So it becomes that mental attitude, doesn't it? It becomes that mental attitude. If mom fixed, um, I don't know, what's your favorite, you know, maybe steak or. Now, my poor wife, you know, she had to eat tripe. And she had to eat snails and, and uh, tongue. Ah. Imagine that cow. Ah. That's my dinner tonight. About that thick and that long, you know. And, oh yeah. So, um, but you know, most of you are more fortunate than that. Your moms are a little more balanced, and uh, you know, not not quite that weird. And uh, so you, you know, you probably get some French fries or some mashed potatoes or some kind of vegetable and maybe maybe chicken or something like that. And and you know you're you're laboring through it, okay. And uh, but now mom says we having McDonald's tonight. Woo! Big difference, big difference. So you know we got to work on. And it said here to be an example in your spirit, in your attitude, in your attitude. And uh, you know mom says, uh, you think maybe you could um pick up the laundry? Could you? Take out the trash. Um, would you like to drive the car to the grocery store? Oh, yeah! You know? <laughs> so we have to get, we got to get a little balance going on here. Got to have a little, bit of, a little bit of what we call good attitude. We've got to get a good spirit. People are watching. People are watching you go to church. People know that, you know, they're at ball games and you're in the house of God. Okay? 
and they're chasing the wrong things, and they're, they're getting their minds all mixed up about the wrong things. And, but you're in a place where the book said you're going to have a peace that passes all understanding. You're in a place where that peace can rule in your heart. Who's ruling in your heart? Where are those thoughts coming from? Where are those ideas coming from? Where are those uh, bad feelings coming from? You want the peace of God to rule in your heart. Where the thoughts will be ordered correctly. Where you'll have hope. Amen. So be an example of a believer. A believer has not got their lower lip on the ground like a vacuum cleaner, sucking up all the dirt. You know, you're not, uh, boy, the way they treat vacuum cleaners around here, you don't want to be a vacuum cleaner, let me tell you. Vacuum cleaners run out of here. Not me, let me go somewhere else. Vacuum cleaners get beat up around here. Even Michael's beating the, the vacuum cleaner up now. <laughs> I don't know what it is about this carpet and, and our vacuums, but oh, brother. And uh, whatever. So I'm saying you, you want to become an example. And you are an example, but you want to be a good example because not all examples are good. I remember um, one time, particularly, I noticed Sister Urshan as a young lady. She was, um, we stopped to eat somewhere, and uh, we, the, the young lady came to the, well, she wasn't all that young, actually, but the server came to the table to take the order. And um, it was kind of an out, out, outdoorsy type place. And um, when she came, she had on her, across her knuckles, M-I-K-E, Mike. And I saw Sturgeon kind of looking. And so I waited. And when the lady came back, you know, she was probably 45, but she looked like she was 85. Bless her heart. And uh, I said, hey, how's Mike doing? She went, ha. That Mike gone a long time ago. But Mike wasn't completely gone, was he? So, you know, you can you can get as being an example of a believer, we don't do tattoos. Not anywhere. We don't do tattoos. Okay? And the Bible certainly teaches it. We don't want nothing to do with that. We don't grow beards and and call out uh the landscaping committee to uh Trim it, you know. You know, we got this, and we got that, and we got, you know, you know, we got the all kinds of stuff. You know, we don't, we don't do that. We don't do that. We're going to present an appearance of a believer, okay? And our girls, they're not spiking and you know, and frosting and you know, all that kind of stuff. Some people think that if you, if you, cut and frost your hair and fall in a bucket of paint, particularly your nails and your and your toenails, as well as your fingernails, that um, somehow or another that will make you 13 dress sizes smaller. But it doesn't. It doesn't. Your best look is God's look. Your best look is God's look. It's a clean look. It's a wholesome look. It's a sound look. It's a modest look. It's, it's the look that God holds in great esteem, great price in the sight of God. And we want, we want God to be looking at us and be happy with us. We want God to say, this is, this is worth a lot. This is valuable. 
this young lady is valuable. This young man is valuable. That when you go into an interview for a job, and you know you've got 45 piercings all over you to where they call you Pierce, and, uh, you know, and you're, you're uh, no problem. Nobody's going to lose you in the dark because the light's going to shine up every bit of that. And, uh, and you've got tattoos everywhere. You know, I showed my wife in the uh, newspaper the other day a guy. He had it all the way up to his, under his chin. And it was almost like he was constantly like this. That's the way it made it look, you know. And, and uh, people are, are crazy. They're just, it's a fad. And, you know, they start with something small. And the next thing you know, the whole body's covered. But one day, they're not going to be young. You know, your skin is going to sag along with your tattoo. And so that, that little tattoo that was that big, now that big, <laughs> you know, and uh, there's going to be things that you thought was really cool when you were so smart and so mature when you were, you know, not yet 21 probably. And, um, and you're going to have all these holes all over your body. And then the, don't forget, there's the, when they put steel bearings under your skin. And then there's the getting the ears done so you look like a Spock or somebody. What's that melding mind guy, whatever those people are, one of them. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, they, they do surgery, but they can never change it back. You know, so you're going to go around with pointy ears the rest of your life. And then don't forget to put the things in the earlobes. You know, you do that, so then you, your earlobe looks like a 50-cent piece. You know, and then, then they stretch and they hang down so your earlobes are going to be down at your ankles, you know, after a while. Yep. Yep. But in the moment, got to have it. You know, got to have it. So we got to be an example here, and we're given some guidelines. We're given some things to shoot for, okay? And as we're trying to be a believer in the Word and we're trying to be an example in, in our lifestyle, our style of living, as I said, we are not punk rockers. By the way, where are the punk rockers? You know, that phase, phase that got phased out. Now it's trying to make a revival. You know, it's trying to come back, and it's trying to come back in the way people are dressing. And you got people that are, you know, getting older, and their their age, their their age, and their dress is not it's not age appropriate. It's it's at a at a great big bumping of heads here. It just looks absolutely stupid. You know, you're 80 years old, and you're trying to dress like a 14-year-old a punk rocker. It just don't work too well, okay? And, and we make ourselves look, people make themselves look ridiculous. They make themselves look stupid. You're not called to be stupid. You're called to be intelligent. You're called to be a part of the body of Christ. You're called to be a believer. Let my style of living reflect my calling. I'm called to be a son and daughter of God and or, okay? I'm called to be in the body of Christ. I'm called to be an ambassador. I represent him. He doesn't, he doesn't look like a punk rocker, you know. He doesn't look like a criminal. He doesn't look like a zombie. You know, they got guys out there with all kinds of things tattooed on their body, and that's what they call them, you know. What silly nonsense in this world that you, you don't want to get caught up in that. You want to get caught up in the first resurrection. That's what you want to get caught. And you want to be putting everything together to make that. 
to make that. You let people influence you that have been standing on the street corner for 30, 40 years, and they haven't never done nothing, and they're not ever going to do anything, okay? But to hear them talk, and that's all they do is talk, okay? And here you are with the knowledge of the holy. You are a part of the oracle of God. You are a, a child of the king. You need to start believing in yourself and believing in what God's given you, and you need to let your light so shine to a lost and dying world. Be seated. Seen Sitfeld and I were in a professional office the other day, and we were being asked some questions, and he said, um, do you consume any, do you smoke or consume any alcohol? Um, he said, besides socially. And I said, we don't smoke, and I said, we don't drink at all. There is no such socially, you know. There is no drinking going on. And I think I rocked his little world. Well, I wanted to rock his little world. We're not like the typical people you talk to, fella. We're, we're, we're God's people. We're, we're in the body of Christ here. We're not fake. We're not phony. We're not putting on. We got, we're the real deal here, pal. We've got something. You hear me? We've got something from another world. We got something that's coming down, the book said, from the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. But there's a there's a new Jerusalem coming down too, friend. And I want to be a part of what God's planning. I want to be a part of that. I don't want to walk out on that. I don't want to drive out on that. I don't want to fly out on that. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of it. Amen. I don't want to take a train on it either. I, I'm on a train. What the guys say? I'm on a J train. Amen. I'm on the Jesus train. All right? I'm headed for heaven. Everybody said hallelujah. All right. You can be seated just a little longer. I want to be an example. I'm, I'm told here to be an example of a believer in charity. Charity is the love of God. You know, people talk about the love of God, the love, and they have no clue what they're talking about. The love of God is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's how you're going to get the love of God. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. And you're going to realize that in getting that great experience, you're going to have a love that is discerning. It's not going to be some smarmy thing that you confuse with sympathy. Okay? We're not into sympathy. We don't do sympathy. Sympathy is a human experience that the devil uses and takes advantage of. We're involved with compassion. Because if it wasn't for the grace of God, I could be out there too. I was out there. But, and, and I've told Caesar, I said, I'm so glad the Lord yanked me out of this world because the way the world has gone in these last 40 years, me looking back on that, God only knows what I would look like, what I would have gotten involved with if I would have survived. I'm so glad that God rescued me. God ransomed me. He, he bought me. He did so many, and had continues to do so many good things. So thankful for him. Uh, I was lost, church family. I was lost, and I had no direction. And uh, those guys wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, they didn't look like they had a GPS compared to me. I was in a big-time confusion, all right? So I'm trying to say we want to appreciate the, uh, the opportunity that we have. And, and that's another thing that we're not seeing the opportunity that God is laying at our feet, that God is trying to give to us, trying to give it to us. And, and our problem is that we're not seeing it. 
certainly not seen. But if you'll get involved uh, with this word, with this word of God, and with this lifestyle, and especially younger ones being raised up in it at an early age where it becomes a part of you, okay? It becomes a part of you. And, and it's, it's, it's what you do. It's who you are. And, and you get that at an early age. And the book talks about that, the scriptures that are able to make thee wise unto salvation. And not only save you, but save others, all them that hear you, because you get it early. As a child, you've known the Holy Scriptures, he says. Isn't that wonderful? To get this at a nice, young, early age. Everybody said, praise the Lord. We want, we want our children to be raised up in a Holy Ghost home. And that's why it's important for you to tell yourself, I'm not going to be living a double life here. I'm not going to be doing one thing. I got clothes for church, and then I got clothes for stepping out, you know. Uh, I've got a language for church, and then I've got another way of talking when I'm not at church. And I'll tell you, young people, there's something that greatly concerns us, and that is your strength in the Holy Ghost, your commitment in the Holy Ghost. Because you know what? You're going to get to the age where you're going to get employment. You're going to work. And, and our concern is that you're not going to go into the workforce and be a light and win them. You're going to go into the workforce, and they're going to pull you into the darkness. And you're going to want to be like them. And that's a no-no. I don't want to be like them. You should not want to be like them. They don't have anything. It's all just a show. It's all a front. It's, it's absolutely not real. What you've got is real. Hear me now. What you've got is real. Amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. See an example, the Bible said, in faith, in faith, that you believe God, you have faith in God, you have confidence in God. You know that, the, and, and in the church and the leadership, that you're, the whole spiritual system that God is employed, that you're a part of that, you have faith in that, and that you're not looking for, uh, uh, what did Saul, Saul uh, was messing up so bad, this is Saul the Old Testament, the king, and so he finally found himself going to a witch for advice. That's pretty sick, isn't it? We don't, you don't need that. Have faith in God. Have faith in His Word. You don't need to be around people like that. You need to be get your mind and have faith in God's Word and what God's saying. You don't need to go to some gang member or some person somewhere that's just crazy out of their mind and think that they're going to give you good advice. Or as I said, these guys standing around on street corners or even on your job and they're talking all their junk and they're doing this and they're doing that. You don't need to go where they go and to do what they do. You need to be a leader, not a follower. You need to be an example of a believer. Example of a believer. And in purity. And we want to be pure. God help us in a filthy, disgusting, nasty world that we could be pure. That God would keep us, keep us pure and clean. That we wouldn't, that the Holy Ghost would filter the dirty, bad thoughts and words that the enemy wants to introduce to your mind. And, and the jokes and all the junk uh, that people tell and do, that we don't want any part of that, and that we, we don't want to look wrong at a young lady, we don't want to look wrong at a young man, uh, whatever age, that we want to be pure, have a purity about us. All of these things, we're in the church and we're working on these things. We're praying about these things. We're worshiping about all of this. We're in God's presence. We're, we want God's power 
working in our lives. Remember, there are many examples out there, but everything's an example, and everybody is an example. And some people are an example of how not to do it, okay? That's the only example they are to you, how not to do it, okay? And there are those that you can, can, can see in the Bible, and they showed us, Judas Iscariot showed us how not to do it, didn't he? Look at all the things that he witnessed and all the ways that God used him and trusted him and empowered him. And then he turned around and he betrayed the Lord. He sold the church out. He sold the work out, all for money. And then it was money that he wound up not wanting anyway. You know, how many things that people think they want? They've just got to have it, okay? And it seemed like a good idea at the time. Well, that's because it wasn't God's idea. That's why it seemed like a good idea at the time. But it, it wasn't a good idea. And Judas wound up committing suicide, hanging himself. But even then, the enemy wasn't done with him. He took him and cast him down until he burst asunder. All his bowels gushed out. What a mess that the enemy wants to make of your life. And here is God. He is trying to make everything good, everything right. He wants you to be an example, okay? Be an example of a believer. We don't want to use bad examples for an excuse. My mama, she wasn't good to me. Oh, I came up rough side of the mountain. And my, my daddy, he was bad, man. He was bad. You know what? We've got people in our churches, congregations, that they were mistreated, and it, it, you blush. You, 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 you're humiliated to hear some of the things that they went through. But you know what? God saved them. God rescued them. God pulled them out. And you can't live the rest of your life looking back and using that junk for an excuse. You get the Holy Ghost. You get washed in the blood of the Lamb. You get a new lease on life. You're a brand new person. That junk is out. That garbage is gone. You now have victory. A victory. While you remain standing, let me tell you about a man that I read an article about. And he was, uh, he, he is an actor. Um, and he said that when he was a child, there was a man that abused him. And he would lock him in a closet. And uh, he said he grew up. He overcame it. And he became a, a pretty well-paid actor. And uh, he told how that he went back to see that guy. That guy was in his office, whatever building he worked in, at his desk. And he said, he said he walked in and he said that guy saw him and he started in, you know, pointing his finger at him and, he, and just threatening him because he, he, he knew, you know, that he could spill some secrets, right? And he said, for a minute, he said, I was that little boy in the closet again. He said, and then I, I woke up. I blinked my eyes and I said, wait a minute, I'm six foot four. 255 pounds, and I'm, you know, 30-something years of age. What in the world do I have to be scared about? And he said, I reached over there to that finger in my face, and he said, I begin to bend it back. <laughs> and he began to tell that guy a thing or two. How much more when you have the Holy Ghost? How much more that you can stand up to a spirit and you can cast that spirit out? You can claim your Holy Ghost victory. You can claim the blood of the Lamb. You, there is no devil too big or bad enough for you for what you can handle it because you have the Holy Ghost because God has given angels 
because he is looking right at you. You just need to start recognizing and seeing who you are. You hear me? You're a child of God. You're, ch- you're the king's kid, whatever age you are. Amen. Have good faith tonight. Be an example everywhere you go, in your marriage, on your job, in your school, in the services. Be an example everywhere you go, to your parents, to your friends. Be an example. And to the strangers, which are people that you don't know yet, but they're looking. and They need to hear what you have to say. They need to hear that. Let's take a moment. Lift our hearts with our hands. Father God, help us to do your great, holy, and mighty will. Wash us in your holy blood. Help us in all these categories and more to be an example. Give us strength and victory every day, Lord. I pray that you'll help us open our eyes to see the bright, beautiful future you have for us and for all those that we love and care about. Oh, God, I thank you and I praise you. We, have, we are inexcusable, O oh Lord, before you because you've done so much. You've done so much. You've baptized us with the Holy Ghost and fire. You've given us power over all the power of the enemy. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy God. Thank you, Holy God. Come on and worship him a moment. Yes. Let's come and gather in for a little while. Oh, yes. Show me your glory. Show me your power. Bless the need for you. Oh, Lord. Lord, 